Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Industry Matters, powered by the VGM Group. I'm your host, Colin Brecker. As always, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've got another great episode lined up. We have the reimbursement team of Dan Fedor and Rhonda Burmester to talk about the difference of non-participating and participating suppliers and why that is so important, especially with January 1, 2019 coming up and competitive bidding areas within the DemiPost world are moving to any willing supplier enrolled with Medicare. So they talk about that, kind of the, the ins and outs of that, and it's in really simple, easy-to-understand terms. Um, so hope you enjoy. And today's presenting sponsor of Industry Matters is Philips Respironics. Back joining us again, two of our favorite guests on Industry Matters. We have the reimbursement expert, t- expert team of VGM and US Rehab, Rhonda Burmester and Dan Fedor. Guys, welcome back. Thank you, Colin. Glad to be here. So we've got January 1, 2019 coming up, quickly approaching. Let's talk about, because I feel like a lot of suppliers are either, they, they, they know or they don't. So let's talk about what it means to be a participating supplier and why it's important and and how suppliers can do it and kind of what let's talk about some myths too because i feel like there's a lot of myths in the industry when we talk about going non-assigned and being a non-participating supplier with medicare so first let's touch between a participating and a non-participating supplier i'll take that colin yes um you're you're correct there are a lot of myths and confusion about this and basically uh, the bottom line is if you're participating you have to accept the medicare allowable it's called an assigned claim on every claim that you take. If you're non-participating, you still take on Medicare patients. You just now have the choice to accept the allowable or to do what they call a non-assigned claim, which is where you charge the patient what you need to to provide that product and file the claim on their behalf. And then they receive 80% of the allowed amount. So it, it enables the provider to recover um, reimbursement that they need in order to provide that type of product if the rates are too low. And to connect the dots here, as we move into 2019, it's very important within these competitive bidding areas to know that as it's moving to any willing supplier and any willing enrolled supplier within good standing of Medicare. So that's why it's so critically important is because suppliers have options and flexibility and they aren't necessarily tied to the single payment amounts that Medicare has set out in their final rule and said, here's the level we're going to be paying. So it, that's why this is conversation, I think, is so important. And, you know, now suppliers come 2019 will have the opportunity, and they've, they've had, but within the competitive bidding areas, they'll have the opportunity to be able to see if that, that works for their business and if that's something that they would be wanting to do. Now, to add on to that and why this is key information, and we've been doing a lot of education on it, is the fact that we saw in the final rule, when you look at the final rule, and we shared this on, on the webinar that we just did, is that over 99% of the suppliers are still accepting assignment, whether it's a non-bid area or a bid area. And so what this, that tells CMS is that we, as suppliers, think the rates are working. We know they are not acceptable. So that's why it's important that we have to change that mentality and pass it on to the patients, unfortunately, but it, we have to show Medicare that it's not acceptable so we can get those better rates that we used to get prior to 2016. Mm-hmm. So now's the time to do it. Now's the time to change. 
And speaking of time, kind of what does that timeline look like for suppliers? I know there's an important cutoff dates, and and I think it's common too, and we can get into this in a little while, but I think it's common that a lot of suppliers aren't sure of what their status is. So I guess first maybe let's talk about how to identify if you do or don't know if you're a participating supplier or not. Yeah, the first thing is to contact the National Supplier Clearinghouse. Contact the NSC and they will let the provider know. They'll let you know if you are participating or non-participating. If you find out you're participating and you want to change to non-PAR, now's the time to do it actually. Uh, It opened up on November 15th. It closes December 31st for the 2019 calendar year. So really important, if if you don't make the change by December 31st, then you're locked into whatever you are currently for another year until the following year. So there's really no harm in changing. Um, And that's where you mentioned myths. There's some myths that if you are participating, you get uh, a higher reimbursement. That's not true. That your claims won't cross over. That's not true. They will cross over to the secondaries. Uh, So all those things, there really is no benefit. Basically, we'd we'd recommend and definitely advise Mm -hmm. to uh, switch to non-participating. And then come January 1st, you have choices. You can go non-assigned if you want to or assigned. Or you can continue business as you are. That's what we've seen, too, with suppliers when we've been out is, well, I'm not ready to go non-assigned on January 1. Well, that's okay. You can continue business as you are today. And then when you're ready, if that's February 1 or March 1, whenever you're ready, then you can start submitting a non-assigned claim. Medicare doesn't say you have to submit 100 non-assigned claims in a year. You have to submit a non-assigned claim on January 1. There's no... They don't right. set those regulations. It's up to you when you decide. And I can share just shortly that when, prior to working at BGM, the supplier that I made, uh, worked for, um, and it was a health system, we had our own tax ID and we were a non-participating supplier. We submitted non-assigned claims when I was still there, and that was when rates were good, but we would submit non-assigned claims. There is no, I never had any repercussion from that from other payers or from Medicare. It's the supplier's decision, and that's why it's so important to at least change it and then look at how you want to change that, um, your, your processes. What, what do you want to start with? Maybe a walker, maybe, a, maybe CPAP masks, maybe something small maybe to start with to get everybody on board, and then you can work your way from there to other products. What kind of special documentation is needed when it comes to billing a non-assigned claim? Good, good question. That's a great question, Colin. Uh, there's actually nothing required additional for a non-assigned claim. Uh, a lot of providers say to us, I'm going to get an ABN because I'm doing non-assigned claims. And that's not true. You, you would only get an ABN if you would have gotten an ABN if it's an assigned claim and you believe it's going to be denied. Um, that's the only reason. So uh, the one thing we do advise, though, even though not required, is to notify the beneficiary that uh, they will not be receiving 80% of what they pay. They'll receive 80% of the allowed amount. And to put the numbers in there, actually, put the actual numbers in and show them. And that's just really customer service, Mm -hmm. just so after the fact they don't come back and think, I should have received more reimbursement, and now you have a customer service issue that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. It's just full disclosure, which we think is good good advice, but not required. Not required. I was just talking to a supplier today that asked just that, what do I need? And he thought he needed an ABN. And my question to him is, what are you going to put on the ABN for your reason for denial? And he's like, well, and I'm like, if you put uh, this is a non-assigned claim, that's not a reason for denial. So only utilize the ABN just as you would on, a, on, a, on an assigned claim. 
and use something. There's like we said, there's no official form, but have something simple that says, "This is what you paid me. This is what the allowed amount is, and this is eighty percent of the allowed amount, which is what your check will be." That helps the patient understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. And just to add to that, I had someone last week say the same thing about an ABN um, that I'm going to put in Section E. The reason is because I don't accept the Medicare allowable. It's too low. That's not a valid ABN. That's that's not the purpose of it. Right. So that's a that's a good point, Rhonda. Yeah. Are there any other steps that a supplier needs to take besides notifying the NSE that they, they want to be a non-participating supplier? Yeah, there actually is another step in the process. And step two, we, we'd like to say is uh, if you're going to provide a product that you have not been providing, let's say you were not providing CPAP or hospital beds or standard power wheelchairs or manual chairs, and you're going to now, um, you need to add that to your 855S, and it's on it's page 10. Page 10. Yeah. Page 10. That's where you are identifying the products you're going to be now providing to Medicare beneficiaries. So that's the step two in the process. And that's actually a step, because we, this has been a question too, because we know the enrollment period is November 15th through December 31st. But if you want to change any of your products or services that you're providing that are on page 10 of the 855S, you can do that anytime throughout the year. There's no specific time frame. So you can do that now or you can do it next year. Regardless of you're participating or non-participating, it's all the same in this case right. for what they're providing. Yep. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah. You only have to do a um, – NSC just says you have 30 days to notify them of a change. So whenever you decide, that, hey, I'm going to start doing CPAPs on January 31st, you can notify the NSC in December, or you can wait until in January and notify them. You have 30 days to notify the NSC, which will then they also update your accreditation that goes with that. That's kind of hand-in-hand. Dan, you kind of got into it a second ago, talking about the customer service aspect and making sure that the beneficiary knows what's happening and why this is the case. So are there any tips that you can supply or are there any tips that you can give providers on on notifying these patients of that actually yes uh, that is that's the next step as well because now you're charging the patient up front um, where you haven't done that before the beneficiaries are very accustomed to uh, not paying up front right they're that's saying, an assigned is, claim this is my medicare benefit right I'm, my benefits paying for it why am i why don't i yeah i don't pay up front well now as you do that there there will be a change and there may be questions from the beneficiary why are you charging me up front why am I not getting 80% of what I pay you? And you can explain that to them verbally, of course, but uh, we came up with uh, something in writing, uh, a document that can be given to them. And it's, um, it's a good explanation of what happened, what transpired over the years due to the competitive bidding program and how the rates have been reduced uh, by a significant amount and how the provider has absorbed that over the years and now, uh, unfortunately, due to the system and due to the situation, they're going to have to start charging uh, the beneficiaries up front. The next step of that is that they can take action. If they're not happy with that, which I know many of them won't be, is to then uh, get in touch with our People for Quality Care division where we can advocate for them, help them write their congressman, write their senator, uh, make phone calls, explain of how this is impacting their life. I think that's the next step. So we don't just leave it you're responsible, we now take it to the next step so they can make their voices heard. Right, and you're helping guide them along in the process because I'm sure in a lot of cases, whether it be a caregiver or, or actually the patient themselves, it could very well be an, a, a totally new experience needing this type of equipment. They, could, they, they may not even know the process. So being able to kind of hold their hand through the process and explain here's what this, not, not only an educational pers- standpoint of 
educating them on the equipment, but here's the process behind it and here's why we need to do this and just maintaining a, a happy, satisfied customer base, even if it's not necessarily what they're used to if they're going to a doctor's office. From a standpoint of a, a supplier who maybe is a little hesitant about moving to a non-participating status with Medicare, I'm sure there are the general worries of, oh, my, my patients will be frustrated and I might lose patients over this, or it could impact other payers if I, if I do this. I, I guess, w- what do you guys say back to that when you guys are on the road presenting and, and getting questions from suppliers? We do hear this a lot, um, that there are, there's hesitation. And my first thought actually is, why is there hesitation? Because just if you change it to, if you change your status to non-participating, there shouldn't be hesitation with that. But then once you take the next step going non-assigned, I understand that you may be the only guy that's doing it right now, but no one can survive on the rates that were that have been established. We all know that. And unfortunately, what Medicare does, I call them the beast in the industry, what they do, it trickles to the other payers. And so we know the other payers aren't acceptable as far as their fee schedules. I haven't heard it, and if they're out there, I'd love to hear it, but I haven't heard heard any other contracts where people are saying, these rates are great. I don't know if you've heard, you know, I always hear they're at Medicare or below. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's important that we have to take these steps to to make change. And, And if we continue, as CMS is going to monitor over the next two years the assignment status, if we continue to say, Okay, I'm going to accept assignment. What what's ch- what's the change going to be? Right. The thought in my mind from a from a customer service and patient standpoint too is a lot of times they've built strong relationships and trust between the patient and and have a good relationship between the patient and the supplier and the service that they provide. And I think as long as suppliers maintain that service and you know can kind of calm any fear of the patient to say we're going to be here for you when you call if if we continue to accept these low rates uh we're not we may not be for for very long and and so kind of those maybe intangibles that you can have and that rapport you can have with your patient i think would be enough to offset this because it's not as if they're going to send uh you know they're not going to go to medicare and, and they wouldn't receive their payment back for using their benefit, um, but it's just a different process than what they may be used to. And Colin, that's a good point. Uh, educating the patient on why this happened, ed- educating the Medicare beneficiary what occurred here, and uh, I've always talked to providers about this, is you know express to them, tell them directly, this is not our fault. We would like to continue to accept assignment. Of course, why wouldn't we? That's the best bet for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was forced upon us due to the competitive bidding uh, fees that have significantly been reduced. So their benefit, in, in a sense, the Medicare beneficiary's benefit has been reduced because of these fees. And unfortunately, as you just said, if, if they continue to accept assignment, and we've seen it over the past couple of years, those that have and didn't really look at some of the numbers and some of the things that were happening um, went out of business. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't realize it was happening, but it happened. And so, you know, they don't want to do that. And they want to, like you said, be there to service them in the future. So I think stating that, educating them, and then following up with, I know you're not pleased with this, and here I'm going to help you pass on to people for quality care, help you express your concerns with the appropriate people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, kind of to bring it full circle, I think as a lot of suppliers are looking in the competitive bidding areas, if they want to now participate in, in supply equipment within these CBAs, um, 
a lot of them are saying, okay, we think we might be able to do this, but by billing this non or by going non-participating, you just open yourself up and have more options for what you can do and to make it work. And like as Rhonda said, uh, it also signals to CMS by going non-participating and billing non-assigned if you choose to that these rates aren't working. And we've we know that that's what Medicare looks at when they're making these policies. They've they've said directly that they look at the assignment rates, and right now it's in practically 100%. It's over 99% of um, of suppliers who are participating. Have you guys, now with these changes, have you guys heard of any, have you guys heard from many suppliers that they are looking at going non-participating because of these changes? I, I'm sure another hesitation could be, what if I'm the only supplier? And I know you kind of got into it, Rhonda, about, you know, well, what other option do we have? But are you guys seeing that a lot of suppliers are saying, okay, we need to make this shift? Or this is the right shift for our business. We have. We have seen this. I mean, and Dan, I know Dan's talked to a lot of people too, but we have seen this where suppliers are really looking at their business and saying, okay, what do I need to do? And they are looking at least going non-participating, taking that first step before they go to the next one. But there's a lot of companies that are looking at that. And that's what I can't stress enough is that you really need to do this, at least change your status to non-participating. And you don't have to notify your patients. There's no law that says if you go non-participating, you got to tell all your patients that you're a non-participating supplier. You don't. Only time you have to notify a patient is when you're going to a non-assigned claim. But you don't have to let anybody know when you're going non-participating. That's, you're, no one needs to know that unless you want to tell them. But there's no regulation that says you have to do that. Except NSC. Except the <laughs> NSC. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you don't have to let your patients or your referrals, because I've had people ask me this, so I have to let my patients know that I'm non-participating now. No, you do not. Yep. So. And then when it comes out, right, if you look at the fee schedule, mm-hmm. case by case, claim by claim, you decide I can accept assignment here because the rates are adequate or I'm just going to do that. And then here I can't accept assignment, and that's when you, you have that opportunity to go non-assigned then be able to provide the product. The patient gets what they need and want. You, as a provider, uh, receive the reimbursement you need to stay in business and run a business. So everybody wins, and you're here for, uh, you're able to sustain your business that way. I want to add on there, too, is this is not just for Medicare, actually. I had a um, supplier tell me, a couple of different suppliers tell me, one was on Advantage plans that had um, said that they'd worked with their contract on the Advantage plan that they're allowed to do a non-assigned claim with this Advantage plan. Um, and what they went did, did was they went back to the plan to say, you're going to limit the number of products this patient's going to have that, we're gonna, that we can offer them because of your fee schedule. So at least allow us to do a non-assigned claim so they can, if they want a different um, product, that they can, they're going to be paying out of the pocket, the patient will, but it's non-assigned. It also happened on a commercial payer. This was in New York where they worked with a commercial payer, Blue Cross, actually, that they can go non-assigned with this Blue Cross plan. Same thing. So it can be done with other payers. You just need to do a little bit of legwork to do it, and we you need to because those rates are not sustainable as well. So, one other thing on that. Back to Medicare fee for service for a minute. Um, even if you look at the fee schedule and you think you can accept assignment on all the claims and all the products you provide, still switch to be non-participating because where this comes in handy, and I've worked with several over the past couple months on this, is if the patient wants an upgrade. Uh, there's this thing that changed back in 2016 where you cannot upgrade within a code any longer, although there's a lot of variety within codes of more expensive, better, deluxe products. 
So what non-participating and non-assigned will do is you can do that. So the patient can get what they want. You know, let's say you're going to provide a product and you're willing to accept assignment, but there's a better product that they want, and it's the same code. Um, a non-assigned claim resolves that. They can now pay you that little extra um, up front. You file it. They receive 80% of the allowed amount, so they get what they want as an upgrade, and um, you're able to provide it to them and receive the reimbursement that you need to provide that type of product. So it allows an upgrade as well, much easier, um, and actually at all, when it's within the same code. One other thing I wanted to add, too, is we know on a lot of health systems, if you're under the hospital's tax ID, we understand that you have to follow the hospital's enrollment status, which we know they are participating. Um, but you can separate out and get your own tax ID. Um, there, are, there are hospitals that have done it and they are looking at it, so that's something to consider as well. That, um, look at getting your own tax ID so you can have your um, own enrollment status. And if there's health systems out there that don't always understand it because hospitals, under, they're, they're focused on the hospital and the physicians, we'd be more than happy to talk to them about it. So kind of wrapping up, step one is? Step one is look at your enrollment status. We need you to look at it and see if you're participating or non-participating, and you need to change it to non-participating if you are not yet. By December 31st, postmarked. Yes. 2018. Step two? Look at your 855S. What are the products and services that you are currently offering that maybe you want to add or remove? Um, and you can do that um, on the hard application, or if you're in Pecos, you can go in Pecos and do that. And then final step three? Final step three is be prepared uh, to help your patient advocate. Uh, get them to people for quality care. Uh, contact us. We can provide you with that letter that you can customize for the payer, uh, for your company, and um, provide them with that hard copy so they understand why this is happening and what they can do about it to make their voices heard. Perfect. You know, Dan and Rhonda are accessible to U.S. Rehab and VGM members. If you're not a member of VGM, uh, we always encourage you to go to our website, www.vgm.com, and, and join. If you guys are members, um, feel free to contact your, your member service representative and, and call into VGM if you guys don't know how to get a hold of Dan and Rhonda. Um, but again, I got to say you guys are awesome about getting back to suppliers and, and answering every little question. And there's no question to too much or if you guys don't know the answer i know you track it down and have great relationships with contractors and medicare there's no question too small there's no question that's that's too silly to ask because chances are there's been 50 people that have asked you guys that same question probably that week yeah and we are here to help we understand how confusing and how twisted you can get in some of these policies and regulations so that's what we're here to do is help you understand that and so if you are looking at expanding even into products areas that you're not familiar with in the medicare world reach out we're here to help you understand and make sure that you get those claims submitted correctly paid timely and you get to keep your money well dan aranda thank you guys so much for joining us i know you guys are some fan favorites of the podcast and it's always good to have you guys back on and and thank you for your time thank you thank we you love doing these, so thank you a big thank you again to Dan and Rhonda for joining us this week. I cannot stress the importance enough of really taking a look and, and seeing if the move to being a non-participating supplier is right for your company, especially with the changes coming up in 2019 with any willing supplier within those competitive bidding areas and, and the program as a whole. But uh, for now, that is all we have for this week. Be sure and join us again next week on Industry Matters and hope you have a great week. Thank you very much. <laughs>